Fast thoughts, fast thoughts. I'm Adam Daniel Mazay. Well, that's more like it. Look around me, folks, all the white, fluffy stuff. That's a proper Canadian January day. Even here, from the center of the known universe, otherwise known as Toronto. That's how we're known here in Canada, but increasingly in the rest of the world as well. You know, I'm emboldened by some of the things that I'm seeing lately. You know, the story is changing, not the narrative. The narrative is a pejorative. The story, that's more positive and uplifting. The story's changing. You know, we've seen the successes, you know, especially here in Ontario with companies like Noble Toys and Adamson Barbecue. We've seen the successes. We've seen the ennui, the futility, the frustration, the fatigue. We've seen how people respond when they don't understand the directive and how it clashes mightily with things, oh, you know, some piddly sort of, you know, cheesecloth things like charters of rights and freedoms. Ah, pshaw. You know, constitution. (laughs) Constitution. You know, we've seen how some of the people respond when they can't grok the directives versus how those various sacrosanct documents read, you know, when you read them, you know, they're sort of categorical, binary, in the true sense of the word, not in the gussied up current modern interpretation of the word, which will probably change within another six months anyway. But I digress. We see how people have absolutely no truck, can't stand, won't countenance some of the things that don't make any sense to them. You know, it's especially more complicated and exacerbated in the case of people that can't put food on the table. Literally, not that cliche that you got to put food on the table. Like they literally can't put good food on the table. They've got to eat, I don't know, shelf soups, ready-made boil kettle stuff, you know, oatmeal, whatever it is, you know, something that you can kind of rehydrate. The kind of stuff that, you know, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Mike Collins were eating as part of the Apollo 11 mission, for example, you know, things like that. Um, People just can't put food on the table. So they want to run and trade. They want to be able to interact. If we've seen the examples, Evolution Spa, Chrome Barbershop, I can name a bunch of different operations, especially here in Ontario, the Whistle Stop Cafe in a place like Mirror, Alberta. You know, there are many, many examples of people that just will not tolerate it anymore. So the story's starting to change. I personally, and maybe because we're not milling about as we used to do. We're not interacting. And I, as I want to do, you know, going up and talking to strangers, learning, that's how you learn, interact. You know, we talk to each other. That's what your mouth is for. That's why we're in societies. Not so that you can isolate yourself and sequester yourself off in the dusty corner playing with your fantastic plastic machines. The idea is that you're supposed to talk and learn. You know, that's what people do in smaller towns. But again, I digress for the second time. And, you know, maybe it's just me, but I'm noticing a change of the, di- the dialogue. I don't really hear young people say things like, oh, you know, the government's doing the best they can under the circumstances. You know, they're there to protect us and look after our health and keep us safe and all that stuff. You know, I don't really hear young people talking like that. I'm hearing a lot of screeds. I'm hearing a lot of people that are sort of battling back you know, in various levels of intensity, 
obviously they understand um, the censorious, thuggish ways of some of the main social platforms, not naming any names. Um, you know how people are just very circumspect in terms of how they actually issue the censure. But um, basically, I'm hearing young people kick it in the swinging dangly jangly sack. I'm hearing people give it a nice swift punt. Um, that's what I'm hearing. And I'm, I mean, you might hear older people because they have this genuine and I think in many cases unfounded fear, you know, again, um, you know, jabs and arms and stuff like that. You know, we have our um, just, I mean, I, I say this about the premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. I mean, he's seriously, the man, the man, first of all, the man seriously needs to go on a diet. Let's just put that out there. And that's not like fat shaming. I mean, the man's going to have like some serious heart issues if he doesn't already have it. He, ser- he needs to seriously go on some, some exercise program. Um, and the other thing he needs to do is he seriously needs to have somebody watch his P's and Q's before he opens his big mouth. Um, because he clearly doesn't know how to talk properly um, very recently. For those of you that already don't know this, but um, in respect of the CEO of Pfizer, I think it was, with vaccine um, allocations and stuff, he said he's going to stick a firecracker up his yin-yang. It's just like stuff like that. Got really pilloried for it in the press. Um, But, you know, other than people like that that are older that actually believe what the government is actually putting out there, and we all know that all those channels are just basically... You know, they're bought and paid for on government largesse. I don't understand people. I mean, I get it that older people, boomers as they're known, would watch the news. That's what they're used to. That's what they've kind of been sort of weaned on, you know, to get to have them look at alternative sources online, to have them go do, you know, sort of do a little bit of um, of searching around, a little bit of flicking around at alternative sites or alt media as it's known. That's a little bit of a big ask for them. They're not the most technically savvy. The mo- they're not the most technically proficient type so to have them go around and to do a little bit of sleuthing is not necessarily something that they're very adept at so i get it that they're going to they're going to gobble up most of the hook line and sinker stuff that is coming through some of the main channels but you know um young people don't talk that way young young people know the jig is up young people know the government doesn't have a bloody clue what they're doing um especially if you are in one of those crazy lockdown jurisdictions like i am the eastern part of Canada, the Ontario, the Quebecs, of course, and things of that nature. Almost all the Canadian provinces, Manitoba especially, um, and other provinces have this very sort of um, um, draconian lockdown. But if you're in one of those jurisdictions that have a, that has a little bit of sort of latitude, you know, there's, they've, they've, they've permitted people to go back into the restaurants again with restrictions, of course. And all the restaurateurs and all the retail shops that are in those various jurisdictions that have the various regulations and health protocols to follow, whether it's pre-screening questionnaires or temperature checks or whatever it is, or masks or sanitization and all that stuff, or putting people at requisite physical distance. Everybody abides by those protocols. You don't have people, even people that are completely not on the COVID train, they actually do those things properly. But you can see it in some of those other jurisdictions and they even updated, again, the quarantining numbers. It's not 14 days. Now it's 10 days. Western Europe has had a considerable amount of, a, of a longitudinal studies to be able to say it's not 14 any longer. You only need to sort of sequester yourself for 10. Bottom line, the young people are not talking about stuff like that anymore. They want to get back to work. They want to get back to being busy. They want to go back to being to earning. They want to go back to sort of being able to generate their own incomes. Uh, what the government does here in Canada federally is if you 
so qualify for it, you can you're eligible for approximately two thousand Canadian dollars on a monthly basis, which I think they take off ten percent tax at source, if I'm not mistaken. So it kind of equates to, I think, uh, eighteen hundred dollars on a monthly basis. You have to be really uh, spending your money frugally to be able to get by on $1,800 a month if you have a lot of different overheads. I don't know a lot of young people that can actually, especially if you're in the the Z or you're in the millennial class, I don't know if you can contain yourself within $1,800. And not to say that you're profligate, it's just that you have, you know, you have things that you need. You have a car, you have a mortgage, whatever you have, you have credit card debt, you have things that you spend on. I don't know if you can contain it within $1,800. So if you don't have a side hustle or something of that nature, um, that would be a difficult endeavor. But the point is, it's the older people that don't have any major expenditure. They've already made their major investments in life. They've already put aside the necessary money. They've already, they already have, to some extent, the passive income, perhaps, maybe even pension allocations and other, call it investment slash interest slash capital gains. They already have all that stuff already locked and loaded, ideally. Um, or... Alternatively, you're completely destitute as a much older person locked in a long-term care facility and you're just begging the various personnel to do anything and everything possible for you because you depend upon them in a way for every single thing. And especially if you're incapacitated, you need them to like wipe your butt. You need them to like escort you to you know, a different level of the building. You need them to feed you. You never, God forbid, want to be in that kind of situation. But again, that's not the point. The point is... Those people are willing to take the government narrative, but the young people don't. They're able, they're strong, they're willing to work, they're, they're mighty. Um, and I'm looking at a lot of stuff on social. There's a lot of kicking and bucking in the pen, broncos, that are bred to be split in two and to like kick cowboys off their backs, so to speak. These are people that are really ready and willing to go to work and they will continue to do things to shirk and to buck the system. Um, There's some beautiful stuff going on, for example, here in a small town called St. Catharines, which is on the approach to the U.S. border in the Niagara region, close to Niagara Falls and Buffalo, etc. And the U.S. border, there are some salons in St. Catharines that are doing some mighty clever stuff. I think it's so, so artful. They've basically declared themselves to be film production studios, which, again, myself being an actor, understands this so intently. You know, you're allowed to actually trade as a production company and have and do productions and shoot movies whatever the case may be shoot commercials so these various salons have designated themselves audition facilities for um for whatever an interview a podcasting facility which again is not required to abide by the lockdown protocols and they're able to trade and of course they're sort of you know ruffling a bunch of feathers and the usual karens and kens um and other people that don't understand you know that people are able and willing and ready to work. Um, And those people are, again, completely perfect. The people that are complaining and that are reporting them into various health units are fine and dandy. They've got their money locked and loaded. They've got their houses. They've got everything paid off, ideally. Or they've got somebody else paying their bills. They're fine. They're okay with the snitch lines, but there's some people that they're not ready to take it anymore. I'm noticing a change in the narrative, and I know that you are too. Even though we're not milling about and going about, we're hearing it, we're seeing it, we're reading it, we're taking, we're, we're being part of, of discussions. That's the drawback, unfortunately, of putting people into sheltering in place, sequestration, making them into monks. 
They will end up using the same tools that you think is something that the government would use for mass broadcast. It's actually being used just again, organically, it's being used as a means for people to reach out to each other and to gather into online communities to exchange best practices and again, to start to rumble. You know, that's what's happening. There's some rumbling. So as the incompetence in our various elected leaders who either have achieved public office through graft, grift, corruption, incompetence and fraud, again, there's a whole panoply of options. I'm not saying any one of them particularly applies. Um, We will see how they handle the continuing situation and, you know, the red alerts, especially here in Canada and my province in Ontario, the red alerts, the emergency alerts, your phone going off at crazy hours of the night, you know, the messaging, the new strains, all the fear mongering and the other yakety yak um, that sort of proliferates online and the stuff that makes people all squirrely, that keeps them awake at night or whatever the case may be. It's good, my friends, to see how people are starting to change the story and how people are starting to do things differently and they're not going to sit down and take it sitting down. They're going to get up and they're going to trade and they're going to hustle. It's a beautiful thing. I know that you are following some of the stories as well and I know that many of you that are watching these various thoughts are in full, wholehearted, absolute harmony and agreement with me. And I know that some of you are a little bit reluctant hesitant, trepidatious of going public with your various sentiments. But again, we're not talking about anything incendiary um, or uh, in other ways, um, insurrectionist. Let's use that word. We're just talking about stuff. We're just talking. We're just talking. That's all we're doing. We're just talking and exchanging stories. And I know that you feel the same way about this as I do. And it will continue to crescendo because... It's one thing to be stuck in a cold environment, which I like, but it's one thing to be stuck in a winter, which I like, but in a winter which is slow and, you know, which things move at a molasses pace, perhaps even, you know, at a slow, whatever it is, congealed, uh, you know, pace. Um, it's one thing to be stuck in that, but it's another thing to have the double whammy of being that and not being able to go out there, trade, kick, shake a boogaloo, shimmy shake, whatever it is, you know, do the, do the Harlem do the Harlem Shake. Remember that one? Um, you're not allowed to do those things. But keep it up, my friends. Those of you that are out there, so-called on the front lines, that are doing the good work, keep doing what you're doing. It's going to be fun to see how this all shakes out. Um, yeah, I don't want to come up with maybe some final comments. I think I said what needs to be said. Doug Ford definitely needs to go on a diet. He needs to stop opening his big chop. Um, he needs to have somebody, a media person, hire somebody. They vet your words before they emanate from your cake hole. You clearly don't know how to talk properly. Um, you know, you clearly need a lot of uh, media training. There's a lot left to be desired with the premier of the most powerful province in Canada. It's good, my friends. It's good. It keeps on happening and it ain't going to stop. So wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. And I hope you found solutions for how to get around the naval blockade. Thanks again for watching, my friends. If you do like the work and you appreciate the entertainment, please donate to mizay.ca. Thank you again for watching. And this has been another episode of Fast Thoughts. Fast Thoughts. <laughs>